Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I'm John Ledger, one of your hosts from over at FanRagSports.com. Trevor Sikama from PewterReport.com covering the two-game winning streak. Tampa Bay Buccaneers is also alongside. Trev, how are you after a, a pretty action-packed Sunday and a, certainly an action-packed Buccaneers game for you? Yeah, no, like whole the whole football weekend was actually... I don't know if it was a great brand of football per se, but the entertainment value was certainly uh, through the roof there, especially with the Bucks game, getting it done, game-winning field goal, kind of his seconds winded down there in Miami, so that was fun. Yeah, and I thought there was a couple games around the NFL that, I mean, the Giants beating the Chiefs was just unfathomable to me. I, I honestly thought Kansas City was about to run the table with the second half it, of their schedule. and The league, man, this it's it just doesn't it's crazy. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. The Rams got humbled a little bit. Shepard wasn't even playing for the Giants, right? I, or Eli Apple. I don't think either of them played. So How does this happen? I have no, <laughs> I have no idea. There's like nobody. I, I don't. Who it's, plays for the Giants? Evan Ingram and Evan Ingram and. Evan Ingram only had like one catch for nine yards. This was like his, his worst statistical output of the season. I didn't see a lot of the game. I don't know if he played poorly, but they their leading receiver was Roger Lewis. He got that pass that set up the game-winning. Field goal, I think, at the end of the game, that you was know, a long one, but that was like it. They couldn't. You know why the Chiefs? You know why the Chiefs lost, John? Because they weren't starting Patty. Because it's time to go to Mahomes. All right. <sighs> anyways, back to what you were talking about. <laughs> I am tempted. Alex Smith wasn't great in this game for sure. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about college football, though. We're going to totally switch gears on you, pull the rug out from underneath you, and we're going uh, to the college football realm because. It's going to be the short week this, with the, with Thanksgiving and everything, one of a podcast. And so we wanted to make sure we got to these topics right off the bat this week. And there's a lot to talk about. We got to talk about the Baker Mayfield incident, unfortunately. We also have to talk about um, the USC-UCLA matchup and the Rosen-Darnold battle. And let's maybe start there, buddy. You look at this game. I, I mean, I thought that Rosen was the better prospect right now anyway. But this game really kind of confirmed it, seeing them both go toe-to-toe. And I know USC came out with the win, but Rosen's sporting cast is, first of all, they're rough, man, at some points. Oh, my goodness, yeah. are they rough at some points. Um, but I I don't think he's necessarily this elite great quarterback or anything like that. But hard not to watch this game and come away with the impression that he was certainly a better prospect and a more polished and ready prospect than Sam Darnold. Yeah, you know, early on in the preseason, we, we you know, we're doing our quarterback rankings. Uh, we're coming up with scenarios, who might be where, you know, whether Darnold's the greatest prospect of all time, uh, <laughs> things like that, you know, and, you know, normal pre normal preseason stuff. And now, you know, we're into we're into the middle of November. Uh, we've got rivalry week coming up next week, conference championship the week after that. And then it's bowl season. And really, it's almost like it's almost not even which quarterback to me, it, like has separated themselves from the pack. It's almost like which quarterback has survived um, the the high draft, uh, I guess, hype that we right. had for them in the preseason. Yeah. Like in the preseason, you know, we were talking about sure, we were talking about uh, Mason Rudolph and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen and Luke Falk and uh, you know even like DeAndre Francois, obviously. Then we had then we had the other guys, right? Well, the the what if with Baker Mayfield's, you know, the what ifs with Lamar Jackson. Here we are, and a lot of those guys have just almost you know fallen to the wayside. Like we're, I think everybody is on board, hoping that Donald goes back to this point. Yeah, Josh Rosen is really the guy who 
Yeah, I think Baker Mayfield is is has catapulted his stock the most, but I think that that's been an outlier in this quarterback class. And Josh Rosen is really just kind of surviving his high draft hype to where I think a lot of a lot of the other guys who are around him, those names around him, have fallen off. And really, it's just kind of like if we're looking at the top of the draft, I mean, no quarterback's going to be prioritized because it's going to be some bad teams picking at the top. And Rosen and Mayfield look like they're the only two guys up there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's gonna be. I mean, it's gonna be just so. This is like just such it, a weird quarterback class. Like Donald declares, right? I, right. It's just. Ugh. I I don't think Dar. I really think Donald goes back. I, I really I do. do. Um, I you do. know, Ben Albright on the show last week saying he thinks he comes back, goes back, and he can take out insurance policy and end up getting paid from, um, even if from like a loss of value and something like that. Um, and so. I think that he like financially would be pretty safe to go back, um, and plus he can get better, and I think eventually give himself a better shot at having a successful career by being more prepared when he enters the NFL. Um, and I think Rosen is the kind of guy I want to see do the exact opposite, like mechanically, like he's ready in a lot of different ways. He needs NFL coaching. He needs, to, I mean, obviously more getting fired, you know, kind of sums that up. But uh, you know, he needs to be in a better situation. He needs better players around him. He needs a, a consistent run game. His defense is terrible. Um, he needs those things in the NFL. So he, I would, if he goes first overall to Cleveland, that's going to be really unfortunate for him. But <laughs> I think that he needs a good spot. And we'll, we don't even know who Cleveland's head coach will be or any of that stuff will be at this point. But um, do you think Rosen, I mean, he's the highest drafted quarterback in this upcoming class, right? I mean, I, I like Baker Mayfield more. Yeah, but I uh, I think NFL teams are going to take Rosen for, and we're going to hear all about oh he's just not a great you know he's not that coachable and blah 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 and but then I think he's still going to end up going first or at least it, maybe not first overall but I think he's going to be the first quarterback off the board if Darnold doesn't declare you know certainly certainly this but I think even if Darnold declares uh, Rosen yeah. might be the first one off the board because um, too something something to note about Josh Rosen uh, you know earlier this year and he has a little bit throughout his career he's kind of been outspoken about some like different causes and things mm-hmm. like off the football field right and when you're in season and when all you can talk about is draft stock you, you can you can go back and forth on those things you could be like oh you know well uh, you know, he's he's kind of teetering the line here, you know, saying this stuff, saying that stuff. Maybe some people won't like him. But when it comes to the draft process, I feel like we we, we darling a lot of these guys and and people would look at Josh Rosen and how he might be opinionated about things and they might just basically just turn that into a straight like a leadership thing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's might be something that sets him over the edge too. Now Baker Mayfield does a decent amount of that himself, but he also goes I mean, what some people would think is like over the line by like what he did this weekend in Kansas and all that kinds of stuff. So I think enough people are going to be skeptical about Baker Mayfield to possibly not have him as the first quarterback overall. I think I think Josh Rosen, as much as we can come up with a pros and cons list for him, I think the more and more that the draft process goes on starting in January, we're going to start a lot to see a lot of those cons be kind of shushed away. And we're really going to only hear about the good things about Josh Rosen and what he could do. That's just my uh, how I kind of see things shaking out. And, and with that, then, yeah, I see him being a top three pick this year. I, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think Baker Mayfield well, – okay, let's talk about the incident. First of all, for me, <laughs> I don't care at all, man. Like, to me, if Baker Mayfield is the type of dude that goes out there, talks trash, backs it up, 
he can do all that stuff he wants, in my opinion. You know, and I and he won't. And and any coach is gonna pull him aside and say, you know, hey, dude, love the way you put like, like, but we also have an image to represent. And I have questions to answer from the media. So can we just to- if we just tone that down a little bit, like, you know, that's how they're gonna phrase it. You know, like no coach is gonna be like, dude, I just cannot believe your moral compass was so off that you grabbed your junk and looked at the Kansas team. Like, you know what I mean? No coach is gonna be like. I'm just so disappointed in your moral compass, Baker. You know, they don't care about that. They care about winning. They love his moxie. They love the way that he represents himself, the way that he represents the team. And and all of this speaking on the field, of course, I know there was the off-field incident in the offseason that I just don't have any other insight into. So, I mean, if that's a one-time thing, you know, we've seen we've seen even a quarterback like Dak heralded as a great leader get a DUI and, um, you know, right before the draft, actually, and so and hurt his stock. And so I think we've seen quarterbacks that are, are generally have everything you want also still make a mistake off the field that you know you could take as a one-time incident or could be a consistent pattern of behavior I don't know which it is for Baker Mayfield but I think in terms of the trash talk and anything that happened this past weekend like I just don't care I like I mean I think that he has I love a quarterback who's going to come out there and and people forget he was getting disrespected in that game like Kansas by not shaking his hand their hands before the game they they ignited the fire. They mm-hmm. they basically finished themselves before the game even started. And then in the game they're taking cheap shots at Mayfield too. So that adds to it as well when you're up twenty eight, twenty eight three or whatever it was. And you know, I think it there was the response to all that. Like you want to come to come and try and intimidate us as a one and eight team or whatever Kansas was. Uh, you want to try and intimidate us. Guess what? Like we're not taking a game off for you know as a lowly Kansas team we're gonna bring it all game long and he was basically telling them that in in Baker Mayfield special way and for me as a coach if I saw that maybe the exact method I would have to say something about again because the media season and these things you know we, you got to handle it in some way but deep down or not even that deep down I would love it because it would show me that my quarterback's got the moxie in the backbone that absolutely no one's going to punk our team on in any occasion, no matter what they think going into the game. Yeah, um, I think that people people forget what game they're watching. Yeah, you know, it's it's like it's like people love football, but don't love how it's made. You know, this the saying where it's like you know people like hot dogs, people like sausage, but they don't like seeing how it's made. Right. You know, like that's football, man. Like go into a locker room, pro or college, and you will hear some like whoa, all right, hold on, kind of stuff that, that, that these players are, like, saying to each other and saying about the other team to get each other pumped up and all this, like, this is, like, this is part of football. And I I, I, I understand the brand part, but like you just said, like, deep down, if I'm the coach, like, that, I love that. So maybe you don't, see, I'm even hesitant to say, like, oh, you know, maybe you don't want to see it more often because, like, it's just, it's the fire in players, man. The, like, the Kansas players didn't want to shake his hand. You know, they, like you said, like they were taking cheap shots at him during the game. I'm sure they were jawing their mouth off during the game too. So right. Baker Mayfield comes back, hits him in the mouth on the scoreboard, and then tells him, hey, you know, you're going to talk crap. And probably, man, some of it was personal. Right. And, you know, he just responds to it the way that he is. Dude, that is football. And that's what it is. And, right. and if you can have a guy who can – now, I mean – if Baker Mayfield's emotions and anger and all of this got to the point where like he wasn't able to play the quarterback position, that's a different thing. But instead, he was lighting up the scoreboard, and then he goes to the sideline after he has already lit up the scoreboard mm. and gives him a little gesture and a message. Look, man, 
totally cool with it. Right. I don't care. That, Offense, it, defense, don't care. That's exactly what you said. That That is football. Like, football is not supposed to be a nice sport, you know? I mean, yes, yeah. it doesn't have to be barbaric, but it's not supposed to be nice. Like, it's supposed to be trash talk. Dudes are supposed to be on edge. Like, you know, people are supposed to be pissed at each other. That's part of what makes the game fun. Like, that's what made the game so, I mean, that's what got the game so popular to begin with was the physicality and, and, the, and the violence in some ways of the game. And I, I agree with things that make it obviously better for player safety. But at the same time, like, don't take all that away from the game because you'll be surprised. All that leaves and you have a bunch of passive robots walking around, you know, and everybody has the same personality. All of a sudden it gets a lot less fun. So, you know, to me, I don't think it affects his draft stock whatsoever. I don't think any team cares. The off the field incident in the off season that could affect his stock, depending on what teams discover, if that, that kind of stuff's consistent pattern of behavior or whatever. But I don't know. As far as I'm concerned, we're not going to talk about it anymore because it's just ridiculous to me that anyone would suggest that that hurts that or that it hurts his Heisman chances. I cannot that was, believe that people was, were that saying that. That was the thing that. that I saw the most, you know, not even the draft stock. People were like, wow, this is your Heisman? It was like, damn right it is. Yeah, 100% that's my Heisman. Unbelievable that people were saying that. Um, so anyway, I, but I do think it's somewhat interesting because it's not like your traditional character concerns maybe, but – Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen will at least have questions about their personalities and and their off field whatever it might be. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, it's mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel like either like Manziel like where this guy might not be controllable at the NFL level because he's he's wild. You know, or even Winston with the with the you know the sexual assault allegations and everything and like them having to dive in and kind of discover. What you know, whether there was any credibility to that or anything like that, um, it doesn't feel like it's on that level of seriousness. But Connor Cook fell. Well, I don't even know if he fell. Maybe teams weren't even that hot him because his tape honestly was bad. Uh, but he ended up he going won. what third round. But was that your QB one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Oh, I can't remember. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring up the source spot, class. dude. I loved the I loved like the the touch passes that he did. I fell in love with those. I mm. I did not see anybody else in that class like be able to do some of those like touch pass fade throws timing routes that connor cook had in his highlight reel and i was like man if you can hone him to do that more often that's a special arm when you have that kind of touch because touch is you know people grade quarterbacks a little bit differently touch for me when you can just out of instinct just like see it okay gotta throw it drop a ball ball in yeah goes perfectly like I'm a sucker for that, and so so I saw a lot of that in Connor Cook's tape. Unfortunately, I didn't weigh the negatives nearly as much as I needed to. So, uh, little, yeah, little learning the way Derek, me, but the, the way yeah. Derek Carr's playing, man, he might get a shot here pretty soon. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> just kidding. Well, I think he's behind EJ Manuel anyway. So, <laughs> not gross. to not to mention that. Gross. Sorry. I'm sorry, um, but I, I do think it's going to be intriguing to see how things play out with Rosen and. Baker Mayfield because of those kind of question marks, but also the fact that I don't know you and I like Lamar Jackson and some of the progress he's shown this season. I still have yet to get a great feel for where teams are at it uh, with on him. Uh, I don't, I mean, to me, you look at the rest of this class, man, how about Mason Rudolph the other day? Oh my gosh. Did you watch any of that game? He's bad. Oh my goodness, dude. It was ugly. Yeah. I'm, it's, I need and, to and sit down and really study him, but I, I feel like I'm close to being out on Rudolph too. I, I feel like it's been – and, like, you know me, Rudolph was uh, pretty high. Mm-hmm. I was pretty high on Rudolph coming into the year because I liked him down the stretch of last year. But uh, the problem with him is that, that the second the wheels have been able to fall off, mm-hmm. he has allowed them to. And part of what's really important about a quarterback 
is obviously the above the shoulders thing. You know, when pressure is going on around you, yep. when it's chaotic, when you need to just stop everything, say, yo, we're going to get this first down, and you do it, and you deliver a strike, and you know what you're doing, and you got confidence, it's a big deal as a quarterback. I don't see a lot of that with Mason Rudolph this year. I no, see a lot more panic, a lot more uncertainty, and that worries me about a quarterback. So, um, yeah, much lower on him now than I was before, and it has nothing to do with his arm strength or even you know hitting passes down the field, whatever. It, it's a, it's all upstairs for me uh, with Mason Rudolph. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said, and I think there could be even additional issues on top of that. But um, definitely was impressed with Rosen. Lamar Jackson continues to impress me every single week. I, I honestly would have a hard time – thinking that anyone will crack unless even if Darnold declares, I really think my top three quarterbacks are going to be Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson, because I, I don't see with Mason Rudolph. I'm already out on Luke Falk. I'm already out on Josh Allen. I watched Ryan Finley the other day. I think he's a, he's a he's an efficient, accurate quarterback places the ball. Well, reminds me of Kessler in some ways because he just has a lollipop arm. I just don't think the arm is anywhere close to good enough. He's an okay athlete. I didn't think he processed really quickly from the pocket. Um, I thought teams that could get pressure a lot quicker um, and win 1v1 on kind of the edge a little bit more than Wake Forest was doing. They didn't have Duke uh, a Geofor in, in that game. And so um, I, I thought that Finley would have been in trouble against the NFL speed. Um, and he's a junior. I don't know what he's going to do. I would not come out if I were him. Um, I would stick around school for another year. Um, and, and so what do we have then? You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, we, we have a thin quarterback class. <laughs> if if oh, guys like Rudolph and Finley thin. go back. And here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. We're kind of assuming he comes out as a junior, but if the NFL thinks he's a wide receiver, you know, why would he come out? I'm sure they're going to, he's going to get a review, you know, from the draft board and the committee's going to kind of tell him, here's the range that you'll probably, and if it's not first round, why would he come out? You know, I mean, I know it wouldn't be a great quarterback class so maybe he'd come out because of that, but I think we're kind of assuming that Jackson comes out, but I don't know that that'll be the case necessarily because if if the rumors are to be believed, Josh Allen's going to go higher than Lamar Jackson, even though he's clearly a worse quarterback. And um, I don't know whether that's true or whether that'll actually happen, but that's what the rumors are kind of indicating now. So if there's truth to those and you're Lamar Jackson, you know, I, you improved from your sophomore to your junior year. You won the Heisman as a sophomore. You're going to be in the competition for it this year. Maybe he reasons I'm going to go back for another year. Now, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go back to Louisville either because they don't have much around him, but um, – I don't know. I, you know what I mean? Like, I think that he, there could be a, a legitimate conversation for, for Jackson about his stock and where NFL teams see it and then where he's willing to kind of be selected. And if he's willing to be like a mid round guy that kind of has to prove himself uh, for a team, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, if you, if you believe the rumors, the NFL doesn't even like him as a quarterback. So, right, right. No, no, no. That's, you're making valid points, but I do think the, the one that you made originally where he looks at the quarterback class. Yep. Um, that might be the one that 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 holds the most weight because right. the NFL can say whatever that you know like oh we're giving you a third round grade as a quarterback but if you go okay and then watch all of these other quarterbacks either not declare yeah. or don't get good grades themselves you might be more inclined to see what you can do and take your chances on the class and I think that that's probably what Lamar ultimately does honestly right we're gonna have so much to analyze when it comes to the quarterback class because not only of the draft class being very unique and there being questions about a couple of guys, will they declare, will they not, but also because 
there's a ton of going to be a ton of activity in the NFL front uh, in the quarterback group. I mean, Sam Bradford, yes. Kirk Cousins, yeah. Tyrod Taylor. You know, so we have we have three legitimate starters and maybe more than that who could be you know moving locations and, and yeah. So and that you know free agency obviously happens before the draft. So right, and typically there's not much movement in quarterbacks in free agency, but this year right. definitely looks like it'll be the exception. Uh, a couple running back notes that I had to make. I thought Ronald Jones was outstanding. I don't know how much of that game no, you he's watched, good. but. Uh, what I like, and and was it you that? And some people were talking on Twitter. Was he Melvin Gordon? Is he Jamal Charles? You know, I said, I just said, I said he looks like Sean McCoy to me with that mm. one cut. But that's just you know when I say when I do comps, I, I do them differently from other people. A lot, a lot of people will say like, oh well, I'm, I you comp him as a complete player, and sometimes that works. But I was really just talking about how. Um, how one cut he is uh, just in the style that he had. And he, I, that's, he reminded me of LaShawn McCoy just in that split second. So I wanted to see what people thought. And other people said, Melvin Gordon, somebody said Jamal Charles, um, something, I don't know, but I, I, I can't remember what you were saying in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I really thought that Jones was probably a little, maybe a little bit more explosive than Gordon. Um, you know, it could be, I have to study both and see kind of where, cause Gordon, I thought, if there's been a big, you know, why he hasn't been crazy successful in the NFL, I don't think his vision or ability to like create is is really great. And I feel like I see more of that with Jones, like that he can be better than Gordon. Uh, and I think Gordon's a good player, but um, I think Jones can be could be potentially better than him based on what I've seen so far. The thing is, Jones isn't that big, and so that's but he runs with such force you know what i mean because he is so explosive so when he comes downhill he's already generating all that force just because of his running style and i think he somebody said he he, he's a guy you can trust in short yardage and i agree because short yardage is a lot less about being a people mover kind of as a runner and it's a lot more of vision quickness burst hit it don't care about your body you know and that's kind of ronald jones like as soon as he sees a crease, he's exploding through it, and he finds it really quickly, which is why I love him in short yardage because he just gets downhill in a hurry. Um, and, and that's the biggest thing about short yardage. Don't waste time in the backfield. Can you see it quick, and can you hit it quick? And he can do both of those things. So, you know, a lot of bigger backs aren't explosive enough, you know, to really be great in short yardage. You know, I think you have to be really explosive and not care about your body in those situations. And I think Jones has the physicality and the burst to be able to do those things at a really high level. So to me, he looks like an every down type of back, you know, uh, 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 just like, I don't know if you call him a bell cow, but I could, because of his size, I don't know if a team will ever give him that type of treatment, but I think that he's going to be a feature back somewhere. Um, I've been really, really impressed with him. Um, and uh, not only him, but uh, the Georgia duo, I think they might've had their best games, both of them of the season uh, against Kentucky. I don't know mm-hmm. if you saw Nick Chubb, man, but I, I've been mentioning that I'm getting a little higher on him every week when I watch him, but I watched a good bit of him in this game. I watched a couple of his carries, some change of direction stuff, some shifting. Yeah, he looks better and better. He's getting he more and more comfortable with that knee. And I still think Sony Michelle's the better back. I mean, he Sony Michelle had a run. I don't know if you've seen it. Sony Michelle had a touchdown run. I mean, he had three in this game. Uh, I don't remember how long it was. it was. It was decently long. Go look it up when you get a chance and watch Sony Michelle his run. I mean, the burst insane, just yep. insane burst. And I love, and we know he's physical and he's, he's a stocky big back too. Uh, he always finishes falling forward. Love that about Michelle, but I think his burst and his open field ability uh, as a receiver and as just a more dynamic threat is just better than Chubbs. And I, and I, I do like Chubb. I really like, I don't want to sound down on Chubb because I don't think he's a first rounder right now, but 
I, I just I think he's going to be a good day two back, and I think I still think he's going to be a good player. I just, I yeah, I'm going to have a couple running backs ahead of him. You know, I hope people can be okay with that. But if not, whatever. That's the way it goes, right? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's set up to be this year is kind of like Alvin Kamara player, and not as I'm not like comping him to Michelle, Alvin Kamara, yeah. but I'm saying like the Saints nabbed Kamara late. And he's a stud. Oh wow! Surprise, surprise! Mm-hmm. And everybody's get and literally every single person's going to be like, "Man, I love Sony Michelle coming out." Oh, what was he? Uh, you know, he was he was my RB six. And it's like it's going to look bad. Like that was the same thing. That was the same thing for everybody with Kamara. I think Kamara was my well, it's in the class. Um, Cook McCaffrey, Fournette, um, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara. Am I forgetting somebody? Um, I had Wayne Goldman up there. Not Wayne Goldman was after. I liked Wayne Goldman. I think I, Wayne Goldman was like either my seven or eight. So, he, anyways, yeah, Kamara's sitting there at like RB six or seven, and you go, "Oh, well, you weren't that high on him." And like, you're just gonna hear every single draft pick say that they loved Shawnee Michelle, but he was like their RB five, six, seven, whatever, and he's gonna play really good in the NFL. Right. So he's one of those players that I think every draft person is gonna be like, if you can get him where we probably think you're gonna get him late day two, whatever, then that's gonna be like a centerpiece that's going to up the value of your class so much because you're gonna get him. Wh- I mean, where he's gonna have production. That can outweigh some of these other guys that are going to pick, going to get picked, you know, 10, 20, 30 picks before him. So, yeah, I am. I, yeah, Kamara was my RB6. I'm looking right now. He was right ahead of Kareem Hunt for me. Um, I had him like early third round range. Um, but he obviously landed in like the most perfect situation right, of all right. time for Kareem Hunt uh, or for Alvin Kamara. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, um, I think that Sony Michelle is going to be high for me in my rankings. Uh, I think he's going to be, I think he has a shot. He definitely has a shot at RB three. There's no question in my mind. He has a shot at RB three. He and Ronald Jones. And who are, who are you saying should be in that top? Uh, who were you saying last week? Oh, Damien Harris. Damian oh, Harris. Yep. I know Bo Scott, but I just don't, th- I don't even know if Bo Scott comes out this year. Cause he hasn't even gotten that many opportunities. He hasn't had a great year. I don't think he's, I think he's looked worse since the leg injury at the end of last season. Plus, he, I mean, but he has so many injury issues. No, he's 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 one hundred percent coming out. Yeah, he's got to yeah. come out. I feel like he's old. He's old and injured. That's he's right. Old, he's old too. Yeah, because he um came, he went to did he go to college early or late? It was like a semester late. Or no, something. it was late. It was late. Yeah, it was. So, um, I think that those guys are all worth watching though. Guys, twenty four carries, ninety seven yards, and let me tell you, man, this dude. It was a it was grinded out <laughs> the whole game. No, um, she's bad. The, Oh, she's bad. Yeah, their their line is has definitely struggled this season. Um, and, and what I saw from guys, they're just decisiveness, burst, physicality. Like, I mean, he there wasn't a lot. He was making a count. He wasn't dancing. He's finding the hole. He's hitting it quick. Um, I, I like a lot of what I've seen from him this year. And he uh, passed up a thousand yards too. So, um, another strong year for for him after the slow start. He's been really really good the last couple weeks since he got healthy. Um. So there's going to be tons of running backs to continue to talk about, but those were some of the guys that really stood out to me um, as I watched this weekend. Defensive side of the ball, real quick before we wrap up. Dude, Bradley Chubb might be in the conversation for first overall. I never thought I would say that coming into the year because I just thought he was kind of an average athlete. I liked a mm-hmm. lot of his game, I just didn't. but I thought he trimmed down. I think he looks more cut this season. I thought he looked a little bit kind of that sloppy Derek Barnett weight that, that Barnett had at Tennessee. I thought... 
Chubb looked a little heavier last year, and now I think he looks much trimmer, clearly more explosive, and I think there's enough bend there. I just think that he can win all three ways. I think his peak is Everson Griffin, but when Griffin came out, he was kind of just a raw athlete. I mean, he had some moves, but Chubb is more polished than Griffin was when Griffin came out, if that makes sense. He's not where Mm -hmm. Griffin is currently, but I think he's more polished than where Griffin was when Griffin originally came out. Uh, of USC, and I think that Chubb, that's probably Chubb's peak. I don't know if he'll ever be as explosive as Griffin. Griffin might have the best first step in the NFL, but um, he's he's really good, man. Like I think he's in the conversation for the top pick with a quarterback, and I'm not sure that I see anyone else right now in that in that dialogue. I don't see a tackle in that. I I think Maurice Hurst. You could we could talk about maybe. I don't know. Do you think he just, he just doesn't? I think Maurice Hurst, talent wise in this class, is worth it. But I just I don't know if he plays a sexy enough pick or right. you know to be a first to go number one. And there are going to be questions about his weight. I think he's only like in the two eighties. I don't care about that if he plays like he does. But um, yeah, so it, I, I think Chubb has that type of. I never thought I'd say that, but I think he could. We could be talking about the first overall pick. It's craziness. A lot of good stuff this weekend in college football. That was fun. It was more fun than I thought it would be. I didn't think it would be a great week uh, with all the, uh, the kind of, you know, quote-unquote bad matchups. But um, I thought there was some really good stuff and some prospects really showed out. We'll have more on that later in the week as well as how the NFL rookies did. And we'll look ahead to this upcoming weekend's games. Things are getting down to the wire. we got to talk about our college football playoff picks as well moving on throughout the week. Until then, you keep it locked right here on Locked On NFL Draft.